Welcome to a special episode of You Can't Laugh at That, the podcast where we take topic. Well, yeah, you know the rest, but this is our celebration of 50 official episodes, and we just wanted to take this opportunity to look back on what we've learned over 50 plus episodes. Also, uh, we want to thank you for listening to this podcast and inspiring us to continue to make more episodes. We've got so many things that we've yet to talk about, and we're so excited to share with you all the ways that you can laugh at that. Don't laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Who huh? should have this person locked up and looked at? Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. Starting this, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, we recorded the first episode without knowing for sure if you can't laugh at that was the name of this. It was just, it was just that whole thing. It was just like, just do it. Just do it. And if it works, it works. If not, you've done it and you know. I've been thinking about doing this for so long that... That's my approach creatively most of the time is shoot first and ask questions later. Like Right. And that's also, that's a good mantra to have when it comes to telling a joke, too. It's just like, just get up and do it. It's either going to work or it's going to need work. So, and you're not going to know that until you do it. Hey, this is David from You Can't Laugh at That. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, and if you found value in any of the episodes or you've laughed even once consider joining our patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod now these conversations we have with all these awesome comedians typically last about two hours so there's so much footage we have to cut from every single episode and we hate that we have to cut it and we don't want it to disappear into the ether which is why we edit it together into exclusive clips some episodes they're 15 minutes, a half hour of extra footage. Other episodes, it's a little bit shorter. Either way, if you enjoy listening to You Can't Laugh at That, join our Patreon for exclusive access. And thanks for listening to our podcast and supporting comedy because no matter how weird times get, remember that you can laugh at that. Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That, the podcast where we say topics you can't laugh at. We find ways to laugh at them in the never-ending quest to prove that anything can be funny. With me today is Steve Murs. Steve Murs, what's up? Hi. Jeremy Demery is joining us here live from Studio B. Studio B, what's going on up there? Habitually sad all the time. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a depressed individual constantly. Mm-hmm. I put on like a smiley face, but in reality, I'm fucking dying inside. You ever try taking a walk? <laughs> What about my body type has ever made you think I walked anywhere? <laughs> I'm ginger. <laughs> I'm an artist, god damn it. Oh, dude, it's been tough, man. Uh, I, I will say, I will say this is the first year where I've really, like, kind of got into depressive states a few times. Um, yeah, yeah. and I... I, I for me, but... But yeah. now we have something to celebrate, and that's 50 episodes of this podcast. 
that we're podcasting. <laughs> we have found 50 things you can laugh at. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of them hasn't been depression yet. We haven't had an episode about that. I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that we haven't gotten into the real, like, dark. I mean, the, the deep, deep stuff. I mean, although episode nine is what, suicide or whatever, but yeah. uh, still. The, I don't know. Um, we went pretty hard pretty quick, and then we dialed it back some. Yeah, mm. yeah. You can't you can't blow through all those topics. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had Dwayne Duke on, and we talked about strip clubs. And it's just like the whole idea of this podcast is to prove that anything can be funny. And so, like, you can look at something like strip clubs, strip clubs, and it's like, well, no shit, they're funny. There's a lot of funny things that happen. But we've heard so many different jokes about like strip clubs and and it's a lot of the same over and over again and then just getting that perspective from Dwayne who is a gay man uh going to um uh, like straight strip clubs it 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 was uh it's it's just another perspective on it like every comedian has their own take on something unless they take someone else's <laughs> jokes right cuz everybody has their own experience of of they either have their own take or they take yeah <laughs> they take someone's take I'm a joker, I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight toker, but I've never taken anything in my life. Ooh, yeah. That's a that's a good place to start. <laughs> um, <laughs> like confronting me on uh like, Yeah. Have you <laughs> what jokes have you stolen, Jeremy? Yeah. You're riding this success wave off of other people's material. Look, man, I can't even spell plagiarism. <laughs> P-L-A-Y. Plagiarismo. <laughs> Plagiarismo. No, this is, this is uh, first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for being part of this. Um, this has been uh, a rewarding learning experience. I've learned so much doing this podcast. You're quite welcome, David. <laughs> so, Thank yeah, you for yeah. having us. What what made you just out of curiosity? Because I don't know if we've ever had this conversation. Like Steve, I came. To, I remember I approached you at LVT, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey, I have this idea for a podcast. Would you want to do it?" And you were like, didn't even ask questions. You were like, "Yep." <laughs> like what? What was it that that made you interested in doing this? Uh, I like I like doing podcasts. I've always liked doing talk radio. So yeah, it's, you do have that background, and I can't. You know, even though we weren't in the pandemic already, I just I don't know. Oh. One big thing was I can curse, even though you notice I don't really curse on our podcast because I'm so used to not having, not being allowed to curse. And I, I don't know. As soon as the podcast ends, you're like, fuck, I yeah. forgot to curse. <laughs> yeah. Fucking amen. Well, yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like when I'm on stage, I don't, I don't curse. Like I'll drop an F-bomb every once in a while, but in the podcast, this is, this is how I talk as a person, just on a, in a conversational setting. So I hate that comic that does the like, and I was like, fucking fuck. Yeah. Like, no man, that's not, you're not, yeah. There's no or funny when you do that. Right. Use words strategically. Right. Word economy. Right. You get five fucks and they better be good. Yep. <laughs> you can only give five fucks. Yeah. You get five. That amount of fucks to give. <laughs> oh, I used two of Tuesday's fucks. Now I only get three on Tuesday. <laughs> Just, I keep a tally. I keep a running quota. I have a fuck budget. 
budget. <laughs> How funny That's would it be go. if there was if there were comedy clubs like that where you're like, you can only you can say fuck once a minute, but that's it. Yeah, once a minute. <laughs> yeah. Once a minute, you can say fuck, but that's it. That's all you get. Sending yeah. chills down Brian Regan's spine. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> fuck. <laughs> Wonder how much he curses in real life. He does many times. I feel like I curse more in regular life than I do doing stand up. Yeah. By a long shot. Yeah, it's it's a waste of space. It's a waste of time when you're on stage and you're voting like Yeah. I just don't ever want a joke to revolve around the curse word. Like if I ever had to, it, were put in a position where I had to go clean, I know that those jokes are still going to stand and stand strongly. And yeah. that's uh, you know, I don't have anything against cursing especially in comedy, but it, the joke can't be the curse word. And that takes us to episode two, curse word, the, the curse words by Dave Flint. <laughs> <laughs> he was our first guest on this show. Dave Flint was, and, uh, and he didn't run the light. We, we had a pretty, yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, yet another a, beauty of podcasting. There is no light. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, starting this, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, we recorded the first episode without knowing for sure if you can't laugh at that was the name of this. It was just, it was just that whole thing. It was just like, just do it, just do it. And if it works, it works. If not, you've done it and you know, I've been thinking about doing this for so long that. That's my approach creatively. Most of the time is shoot first and ask questions later. Like, right. And that's also, that's a good mantra to have when it comes to telling a joke too it's just like just get up and do it it's either going to work or it's going to need work so and you're not going to know that until you do it it's great phrasing yeah this is uh this is like getting producer notes in real time yeah (laughs) that's what this episode is (laughs) (laughs) just doing this virtually has been an experience too it was such an easy transition i just bought a mic and here we are yeah, we pivoted quickly. We really did. And I was really yeah. pumped about that because I was worried that, you know, with the studio and everything, that I was going to lose a bunch of podcasts or a lot of podcasts were going to be shelved for the time being and most of them wouldn't come back or they wouldn't be worth coming back to and et cetera. But most, I only, I only lost in the, in the pandy, I only lost maybe one podcast. Really? Uh, yeah. And, that I've been growing the list of podcasts since then. So I think it's really encouraging that, you know, this podcast in particular was definitely helpful for me to show proof of concept. And you guys allowed me the freedom to do that and believed in me that I would be able to figure that out. So I I really do appreciate it. Well, yeah, of course you're our friend, (laughs) But also, uh, just what you're doing is you're giving so many people a platform and the ability to get their message out there. And the fact that you you pivoted quickly, too. I mean, I don't even remember the conversation where it was like, are we going to do this virtually or not? It was like, let's try it. Let's, you know, it's either going to work or it's not. And it's given us the ability, too, to reach out to comics from all over the place. Uh, just really insightful people. Like, I feel like if the, the pandemic didn't happen... Um, we wouldn't have gotten comics like, I mean, like Greg Stone, like, 
yeah, we were getting comics from Cincinnati, Rand Barnaclo, Blake Hammond, uh, Zach Wyckoff. Like, there's a lot. Uh, Joe Bates from Indianapolis, like uh, Jasmine's in LA, you know, uh, even we're even interviewing local comics on a virtual, from a virtual setting too. Uh, but I mean, this just goes to show you that some bullshit can happen and it's just like what you do about it determines what happens next. Yeah. And that's why I'm glad we, we pivoted the way we did because it did help us expand uh, the uh, where people are from. Uh, they didn't have to come here to necessarily be on the podcast, which is nice. Right. Right. You can do it from wherever. Just have a decent Wi-Fi connection. We're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that brings us to Golden Ox Studio. If you're thinking about starting a podcast or I don't know. Are you doing are you still doing streams? Yeah. Live streaming. Yeah. We, we yeah. Talk about Golden Ox Studio, Jeremy. How can how can Golden Ox Studio help our listeners in the middle of a pandemic? Dude, go to GoldenOxStudio.com and leave me alone. <laughs> that's your whole that's your whole ad yep. <laughs> Golden Ox Studio that's it yeah. leave me alone go to GoldenOxStudio.com and start talking and yeah, we'll right? figure out the rest for you he's appealing to people like me I'm like I respect that I yeah. respect that <laughs> approach he's yeah. so honest I want to work with honest people he's not fucking hey I'm all sunshine and real fucking fake yeah <laughs> Um, (laughs) there's some some other uh, podcast approaches that people have and I'm not going to name names or businesses but they're they're like you know they're very corporate-y and like stale and I want to be like the like the dirty punk rock version of those places right you're a crust punk yeah I remember when you were telling us about this idea of starting this studio and it was like, yeah, dude, when you get that going, let's talk. And it was one of those things where it just, it kind of forced me to be like, all right, well, we're doing a podcast and we're recording on this day at this time and let's figure it out. And that's another thing too, that this, this podcast is, has um, helped with for me personally, it's just like riffing and like making connections faster as in like a conversational setting. And I, I feel like I've heard it from a lot of our guests too, that they discover a lot of new material just in conversation. And I mean, I've thought about that before, but now as I'm in conversation with people, I'm a lot more conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Knowing Shit. that this is like, I go into every conversation. Like if I don't get a gold nugget out of this, then you're wasting my time. I mean, three quarters of my standup currently is stuff I've, we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah. I think I have a joke. I think I can tie like all of my, uh, or at least for all of the episodes, I can tie a joke into somehow I can find a connection between that. Yeah. Also, I want to thank to anybody who's joined the podcast. I mean, we've had, uh, I mean, we started with Dave Flint, you know, I mean, you got your, you the Cleveland stalwarts, your John Armstrong's, your Liz Blanc, Mary Santora, Brett, Joe Graham, Dwayne Duke, Amber, who's now in Michigan. Um, Raj. Riley, Raj, who's now in Arkansas. Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) Raj, man. That dude moved to New York. He was like, I'm about to take this city by storm. And then COVID was like, not if I do first. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing. 
Yeah, we've learned so much from so many comedians. Greg yeah. Stone, they, the like quick conversation him and I had <clears throat> was huge for me. Still, it's something I think about. Right. He had a very layered perspective on reality. And he's somebody that, I mean, you can tell, like, does research and, like, does he never takes things on, 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 uh, from like a surface value perspective, like, Oh, this, this is what I saw, or this is what they said. And that means this, and that's final. Like he's very open to changing his opinion. It seems like. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I like how objective he is. Cause that he's was, like, I might be gay. I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate his like honesty. It's right. Like, <laughs> right it was it was yeah the moment that there was a dick in my face i realized i wasn't gay but i don't know maybe i just haven't met that guy yet <laughs> for and someone at that level where he's he's been like past it carol or at uh the cellar that kind of like that level mm-hmm. i would assume that that's a level right so i mean oh, yeah. i don't know yeah i mean usually i don't know i don't know how that works but for someone of that get, get to that point uh, and to be who he is still, that's, that's great. I, I, the last thing I want to do, and I fear this from some of our guests is that they are too cool for school. And I just want to avoid that as much as possible. Cause I hate dealing with that shit. Yeah. We've been fortunate. It, we haven't had a guest like that. So that's, right. And here's like, here's the thing. Everybody wants to talk about themselves. So, you know, even if they are, they still will open up about themselves and what they learned and the lumps that they took along the way. So like worst case scenario, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not on the podcast. Like, I don't want to make this podcast about me. Um, Speaking of that, today's episode is brought to you by water cooler comedy, my business. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now it's everybody's business. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, uh, (laughs) I, you know, I want to make it about, I want to make it about our guests because they have things that, that our listeners that that you guys can learn and uh, that, that I can learn too. Like I'm never closed off from learning something new from somebody, you know, even if I've heard the same message over and over again. Today's a different day. I'm going through a different experience. I can learn. I can attach that lesson to what I'm going through now, you know, as a reminder or whatever. Can you guys remind me to stop ear dropping how long I've been doing comedy to guests to assure them that I know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm not self-aware enough to not do that, but I am self-aware enough to know I should stop fucking doing that. Yeah, but you make a connection too. I mean, if it's relevant to the conversation, you know, it doesn't. So like back in 2012 when I wrote this joke. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's like eight years if you can do math in your head. Um, yeah, so I've been doing this for a while, even though I haven't really said much of anything that funny on here so what difference does it fucking make it makes me sound like i've wasted my time for eight years if i'm not that funny on my own fucking podcast uh, there there's the f word before we left but that's the thing too is is there's no pressure on this but even though it's a comedy podcast it's more about comedy and yeah. and when you're talking about comedy it's not always funny <laughs> you know yeah. to me comedy is more about making connections whether it's uh, cerebrally, like internally or with other people, you know, like connections where like you have like a, you have like a cork board and you're like, it's conspiracy theories. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of connections. Yeah, exactly. That's just what my synapses look like in my brain. 
that's what a QAnon brain looks like. It's just yeah. the cork. <laughs> Their brains are made out of cork board and it's just like little pieces of yarn being stuck to other unrelated things that are actually not even related. Yeah, very porous. Uh, yeah, porous. 9-11 yeah. was an inside Steve Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, Steve Jobs started Apple out of a garage and there was a noose hanging in that NASCAR driver's garage. Do you think yeah. that was Steve Jobs? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine the noose, but it's made out of nerd's rope. <laughs> in order to attract children. Yes. <laughs> into the Just, pedophile ring. Yeah. Yes. We haven't had an episode about QAnon yet. That'll be fun. We'll, we'll get All there. the pedophiles have a ring and they put them together. And it creates a, a special... <laughs> One ring to rule them all. <laughs> you crossed the line. What topics have we not done are you, that are, are you guys looking forward to? Child molestation. Okay, that's a good one. Now, uh, that is one that's going to come up at some point. I mean, we've okay. done 50 episodes. That's going to be... I've heard plenty of comics talk about that, both their own personal experience or just generally. Um, have we talked about rape? Not yet. We've we've talked about new comics doing rape jokes on their first try. Definitely. Over and over again. There was this guy that used to show up at Touch Supper Club way back when I started in, in 2012. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he came in. He would come in with a, um, a hoodie on, real dark. And then he would read off of, or no, he would say, he would have a whole, he had a whole memorized thing. It was just a big monologue about rape. And then he would say it like he was reciting it off of a piece of paper and then he would leave and that would be it. And it would just be not funny and haven't seen him since. Good. Back. That's fun. Um. (laughs) Prop comedy. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to is prop comedy. We we haven't talked about that. Any prop artists. We haven't. I'm just kidding. But here's the thing. If we play their clip, then we'd have to describe it while it's happening. <laughs> uh, well, now that we're doing video podcast, that's that's another thing. But um, I don't know. For me, there's a lot. I mean, we, we haven't talked about abortion yet. We haven't talked about, like, we've talked about uh, racism We've talked about stereotypes. Uh, we haven't talked about like inequality. I mean, there are different facets of each of these topics. And that's why, you know, at the beginning we were like, are we going to run out of topics? But then no, because like each comic has their own take on it that does a joke about it. So there's an, there's a million different ways to talk about one thing. Car accidents, like 9-11, we haven't had an episode about those. Like, we haven't, spina bifida, we haven't... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we just keep forgetting to do a, an episode on nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Have. yeah. <laughs> like, and that's that's the one thing they told us not to do. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Never forget. Once a day, I want you to think about nine eleven. Right. Think about what you Never did. forget to do a podcast about nine eleven. Mm-hmm. We haven't done one about. The Holocaust. We haven't done one about like Islam. We haven't done one about uh, like. Yeah, I mean, there are so many. Definitely so have many to have a Jewish comic on. on for Holocaust. I'm not gonna. 
I just think we should. Yeah. No, well, I, the- I don't mean that as a joke. I mean, like, literally, I want someone's insight from being Jewish uh, because I don't think that... Obviously, we could just have whoever on, but I'm saying I think it would be an even more in-depth uh, conversation when you have a, a Jewish comic. Kind of like our first episode, how we had, how we talked about transgender jokes. <laughs> you know, you and me, Steve. Oh, right. Anyone yeah. knows anything about being transgender? <laughs> right. <laughs> to be fair, we didn't have any uh, trans comics in our comedy community to talk to about it anyway. So it's like... We do now. We do, yeah. She's oh, very, yeah. very Alexa. funny. She's very funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Who now? I haven't I seen, seen her in a while, so. I, I saw her. It was one of her first times doing it. And uh, and you could tell she was nervous. Like, the content was there. But, I mean, you know, when you're when you're new, when you do it the first few times, you, you're, like, switching the mic from side to side. You're playing with the cord. You're, like... You know, not making eye contact. You're, yeah, it's yeah. unscripted because you're nervous, and you know we've all gone through that, right? But uh, the content was there, and it was like, oh, you know, this is one of those people where if they keep getting up and doing it, it can be very funny. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I still um, have that habit of looking down. I'm I naturally like just look down at the floor, even if I'm like in a typical conversation. Yeah, and sometimes I forget. Like you can't do that on stage. No. immediately you're getting discredited by that body language. Oh yeah. You lose the trust of, and that's the weird thing too, is like you lose the trust of the audience. If you give off uh, that you're not confident because then it's like, especially if you're going to talk about touchier things or like be vulnerable, you know, that the lack of confidence comes across to an audience and they're like, well, we shouldn't listen to this person. Lack of confidence ruins everything. Mm-hmm. Cause the audience just knows just by, uh, intuition and their own. I, I, I don't know. I think lack of confidence can still be made into comedy. I think that still can be funny as long as you're confident in your, uh, insecurities. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was just going to say that. Yeah. You, the only way lack of confidence comes across as funny is if you're confident in your lack of confidence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. There's a sweet spot too. You can't be too like overconfident, <laughs> you know, I yeah. will, I won't name anybody, but we've brought his name up a few times over the last couple of weeks and, and edited it out. Bless your, <laughs> bless your heart. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I want to save Jeremy some time. So I'm not yeah. going to go there. Uh, we should actually, we should clarify now that we're here, all of us sitting here. I don't actually edit the podcast. David edits the podcast. Oh, right, yeah, I just I, record it. I don't know why I keep stick because I know J- David's mentioned that numerous times. I just, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. We'll, we'll just tell people because if the editing's bad, then it's oh, Jeremy, fucking <laughs> asshole. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. Jeremy, lazy. Gold Knox Studios, terrible. No, you do a yeah. good job. I just don't want to take credit for work that isn't mine. <laughs> You can't laugh at that. And this podcast isn't for everybody. So if you don't think like, don't, you know, if, if you don't think it's a, there's a fit that don't, don't say yes. I'm, I don't think it personally. There are plenty of comedians out there that we can talk to. Right. It's not like, well, that was the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there's so many, you know, so many options. So many good comics. That's another thing that I'm learning is every scene has so, like, you th- 
you don't think about it, but it makes sense. You know, you go to a city like Indianapolis and it's like, oh, Joe Bates is there. Alex Price is there. Like there's, you know, and then you, and then you go to Detroit and there's like uh, Diego and Noah Chap and, and, um, and we're lucky too, because Cleveland is in such a pocket of comedy. Like we're so close to Detroit and Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and Columbus and Indianapolis isn't even that far away, you know? We're halfway between New York and Chicago. It's there's so much potential for like really cool guests right. to, to pop through, and that's what I've been uh, telling everybody that we've had on the show from New York. Like, if you're on your way to Chicago, stop in Cleveland. You know, when things open back up, and and we'll make sure to put you in touch with the, like the right people to get on their shows, and you know, just give us enough notice. We'll talk to Pete at Funny Stop, give you a set. Like, I have, I'm gonna have a bedroom in my house opening up. So, crash at my place. Like, let's let's make Cleveland a, a scene that people look forward to going to. Um, just because you don't like the idea that you don't have to be in one of the major markets now to be successful at comedy. That opens the doors for us as a city and people like Ramon. Are, uh, are already like cultivating that with their shows. Um, Bill is doing a great job putting Cleveland on the map as far as comedy, you know? Yeah. So it, I mean, as long as there's like a banger show every night. There was pre-pandemic, you know? Right. Like there was right. somewhere you can go two, three times a night for, for Monday through Thursday. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I miss that. It's going to be weird because we want to hit the ground running when audiences come back. Right. So if you have audiences coming back, there might be a little bit of a weird shift where the comics are rusty, but the audiences are hungry and we don't want to miss the alignment. Of, right. We want to be sharp when the audiences are still hungry. Cause I, I don't think that'll fade away right away, but also I think it's, I think they'll be think so hungry for entertainment that even without rustiness, they're not, they're going to be very forgiving. The best thing to do is to be upfront about it. Be like, we haven't done this in a long time. So it's like, I think that they will definitely understand because everybody's gone. Oh, and it's super relatable. So, I mean, if you do have some good material about the pandemic, everybody's going to love it. Right. Just don't go fucking hack about it. You know, I feel like the whole landscape is going to be completely changed though. All those I 100% shows are going to fall by the wayside. Some might stay. I hope East End comes back, if anything. There's a lot of spaces too that are open that don't have anybody at them. So, and there's like um, a lot of chefs are doing pop-ups, like going to say like May Halls or something and, and doing like a pop-up where they have a limited menu of like six items and you, you go and pick up the food. What if there was a comedy show going on in the other room at the same time? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like teaming yeah. up with, with other people that are freelancing that are out of their, their, their line of work, essentially like doing these new things. All right. Let's talk about some of these episodes. Sure. Let's talk about some of these episodes. We we touched on a little bit the first episode, which is the which is the transgender one, and we talked about it a little bit last night. You had you made a, a couple good points in this episode that I really enjoyed. Uh, let me pull up my document. Document. The document. <laughs> I've never heard it pronounced like that. Is it document? <laughs> no, you you were right. Document. Yeah. Doc yeah. Document. Document. Uh, they, of course, we, we were like, hey, we don't know what we're doing. Let's talk about transgender. <laughs> and 
And uh, I mean, all the topics we could just dive in on. I don't know why we made it this one. I don't know what was going through my head, but here we are. And uh, a couple of the things that stood out to me were the idea that it's okay to make yourself the butt of the joke. Like you can talk about the topic, but if you make yourself the butt of the joke, it makes it okay. You mean Mm -hmm. to knock your camera? No. There we go. Were you looking at my dick? Yeah. Yeah, you were crotch shouting us and it was very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, you don't work for the New Yorker. (laughs) (laughs) So making yourself the butt of the joke, because we talked about the the Dave Chappelle uh, special where he talked about the T in the LGBTQ. T's, they don't like me. Yeah. That yep. almost sounded big. It sounded like he says the T's. It almost sounded worse than saying trans people. But that's very Chappelle. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, he got away with it because he, he made the joke about himself. The whole joke is about how he misunderstood it. Yeah, that's good. So that's why it worked. You can make being, and he made being closed-minded the butt of the joke. So he not only did he, did he make himself the butt of the joke, but he made um, his perception of it the butt of the joke. So you can talk about that. You know, and uh, somebody somebody's actions can all that's always it always can be the butt of a joke because they made the conscious choice. Like you weren't born predisposed to take that action. You mm-hmm. made that action. You took that action through conscious choice. And so that can always be looked at as, as being funny. Such um, a weird. The- I always think it's really strange that like people have this strange standard of comedians when we're not. We're not politicians. We're not pastors. We're not some sort of. We're not social leaders. So why do we have to live up to this standard of like, you know, make sure you say it properly or uh, make sure you're not offending anybody? It's like you're in a fucking comedy club. Like somebody's going to be offended about something somewhere along the along the way, and you, you do the best job you can to not piss everybody off in the room. But at the end of the day, your job is to just say things that elicit laughter. And if that's what you're going for and humbly going for, then I don't really see where you can go wrong. Now yeah, discuss. Right. right. There's going to be some missteps along the way. Sure. But if the goal is to bring joy, <laughs> you know, like that also can help when you're writing the bit. Because if you have the thought, is this is this too much? you've given yourself the subconscious message that maybe rework it a little bit. You can still say the same thing, but maybe in a different way. There's so many ways you can make people laugh. You don't need to make it hard for yourself by trying, like, obviously you're trying to make something funny out of something that is difficult to make funny and that's fine. But like, there's so many possibilities that sometimes you don't want to, you don't need to try, you don't need to like, just focus on eliciting as much laughter as possible. Everything else I don't know. I hope I'm right. making sense. I don't right. Well, if you're shocking some of the audience, like you're missing out on laughs. So rework There's the joke. So many things you can do that are safe and really good. And I don't mean like being safe is like, but it's like things that are just intrinsically safe. Right. You got to find that sweet spot of being uh, safe and edgy at the same time. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, often that, yeah. we go back to Steve's point of like, being self-aware you may not even have the like there's certain things that i know that i can't get away with saying uh because i just don't have the personality to say those things where you know somebody like uh you know for the sake of argument like jimmy graham 
can say certain offensive things that are funny to people because he has the personality to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only does he reiterate over and over again that he's a scumbag, mm-hmm. he shows it. And and if you're offended by that, he's been telling you who he is this whole time. Yeah. So that's on you at this point. Yeah. You know, that's, a great that's like that's like we only serve meat here. We only serve meat here. And then some like somebody who's a vegan takes a bite. And he's like, this is meat. It's like we've been telling you that. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> that's a great. It's a great. We're not hiding it. Yeah. Uh, Steve, you made the point too. don't make comedy a tragedy for somebody. And uh, and in this the context was you know people who the trans people are going through a lot you know they've gone through a lot as as a kid and, and high suicide you know, rates right getting to the point where they're confident enough in who they are to make the transition and then for somebody to get on stage and and belittle that is uh, it's unacceptable yeah um, we're not doing it for the negative attention that they get right the the goal is to make people laugh Mm -hmm. if that person were in the room would they be laughing right now is a good standard to go by people really do relive trauma and people don't understand how that works and so you got to be mindful of that Ooh, the episode with with hannah the one that i'm editing right now she talks about that like she didn't used to joke about her childhood because it was still you know it still hurt but then when she started joking about it then it was like, oh, this is funny, and I and I'm using this as a mechanism to move on, essentially. Yeah. When you're sens- ready, a lot of sensitivities are frivolous, but a good handful of them are totally legitimate. So. Sure. Yeah, tragedy plus time equals comedy, and it's not up to you to dictate what that time is for other people for people in the room. So it's up to you to, as a comic, to to take what you've learned in your previous performances to take your own sensibilities and, and to make it as palatable for as many people as possible. Yeah. Entertainment equals uh, material times comedy squared. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually real. <laughs> well, there's make a sure, kid. Uh, make sure you carry the one though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you have to. Otherwise uh, a lot of people make that mistake. They don't, they don't carry the one. No. I and think, all of a sudden it's, <laughs> I think that if you have to ask yourself, is this offensive? You've already answered your own question. Yeah. Not always. No, I'm not going to say not all, not always, but most of the time, if you think to yourself, is this going to be offensive to somebody? I think it's also important to ask the question, but then also figure it out, figure out the answer. Mm-hmm. Because I've had to do that with jokes where I'm like, well, no, I'm not really offending anybody. Yeah, it's a topic that seems like I'm hitting a nerve, but really the joke itself, there's no ex- the expense of the joke isn't on that type of person or that topic or whatever it's just like but then it's like if it's not about that you almost have the opportunity to rework it without that in it to to save yourself some you know questionability about it also ask yourself like what is your intent with this joke yep yeah yeah yep that's the point that's everything I've had a lot of jokes where it's wordplay based, but it'll be about like trans people or something. And then people will be like, oh my God. And it's like, no, I literally just, that's facilitating wordplay. It literally is not at the expense of, of whatever the, the joke is about. Cause it's not always about trans people. I just use that as the most extreme example. Um, like when I do the, when like the joke about like, um, Caitlyn Jenner 
the one about irreconcilable similarities mm-hmm. where people will think, oh, are you implying that <laughs> two, a, woman, a woman and a woman can't irreconcilably be in love? And it's like, well, no, Kris Jenner is straight. Or at least I assume she is. Yeah. That's, I mean, and, and because, you know, Caitlin is trans doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean, because if they're still married, then she is still a straight, uh, sexually male person. I mean, you can't dispute that. I mean, right. Gender wise female, but. And, and isn't your joke, your joke is saying that in just like six words, you know, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's yeah. literally not about making fun of trans people. Right. Just, please just fucking laugh at the fucking joke. Yeah. Uh, literally, <laughs> you are saying uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner and Chris Jenner are getting a divorce because Chris Jenner doesn't like women. Yeah. And the <laughs> like other that's joke, literally what you're saying. Yeah. And then the other joke is just about people having a hard time with adjusting to pronouns. That's mm-hmm. all that is about. It's not about keeping up with the pronouns. It's just... Uh, People have a hard time with that, mm-hmm. and that's all that's about. So, and never, yeah, never do you make uh, a Caitlyn the butt of the joke. Just, right. You know, that's not that's not the point of it. I don't have any jokes about that. Like I said in this episode, that I would do a joke, that I would write a joke about it, and like I thought maybe that was going to be our thing. Like at the end of the episode, it's like okay, now that we've learned all these things, let's come back next week and have a joke for this, and uh, that never really took off. I mean, if you guys want to do that, that could be fun. But so the only thing I could think of was that before the pandemic, I was at a conference, I spoke at a conference and there's like the networking portion. Right. And I met this like really tall woman. And when I asked her, like we're doing small talk when I asked her what she did for a living, she was like, Oh, I'm in transition, which I thought was a weird way to answer that question. Right. So, but like, I'm supportive, you know, I want to be, uh, I want to be a supportive dude. So I was like, you know, I, I, congratulations that's awesome and then she gave me this look and I was like am I not supposed to answer that way so I was like oh I'll inflate her ego and I was like you look amazing and then she was like well thanks if you know anyone who's hiring then give them my card and that is when I realized that in transition also means unemployed yeah (laughs) and that when this stranger told me that she had just gotten fired. My response was congratulations. <laughs> the joke isn't great, but it's about my perception of it, of, of the situation more than anything. Like, man, <laughs> I feel like a woman. <laughs> the initial pitched version uh, title of the song was, I feel like a woman, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right um dave flint his episode about curse words same thing is just like it's the perception of the word everybody when everybody hears a word everybody has a different reaction to what that word is based off of their experience with the word and uh what he said that i really liked in, the, in that episode is if you're offended by words there's something internal you got to work out you shouldn't be at a comedy show you should be at a therapist <laughs> And uh, yeah. it's a good point. It's a great point. But why did he get so mad when I called him the N word? <laughs> <laughs> and then you had a you had a good question, Steve. And I think we can talk about this for a second. Are words like drugs make them legal and they lose their power? 
Oh yeah. Well, not make them legal, make them, uh, yeah, there's that too, but it's more or less like the availability of something and the flooding the market with something or everything loses its sort of its push. And it's, mm-hmm. But I mean, that takes time too, though. You can't do it all at once, but no. Things can't will oversaturate the market. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If everybody's saying it. Uh, and, and I remember we, we talked about this a little bit too. The word cunt like used to have so much punch to it. But once Game of Thrones came out, <laughs> it was fine. Or you could just say it in a British accent and because they use that all the time over there. Mine is uh, gender neutral. So I just use it all the time. I call dudes cunt more than I do women. Yeah. Um, right. I like Again. it. It yeah, makes me feel good when I say it. That's why I like calling dudes cunts. And they get like a little bit weirded out by it. It's like calling like a racist the N-word. They're it's like, like mm-hmm. why'd you call me that? And then it's like, well. How do you feel? How, how do you feel about it? If you get offended by it, imagine what people that have actually been, you know. Right. I love using cunty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the adjective version of it. You know, you're being cunty. Stop yeah. being so cunty. Um. Uh, another thing too, for example, the N word, that, that was a word born out of hate and that's why it's unacceptable because there's really no, and, and the, the excuse is like, well, they say it and it's like, well, yeah, they're taking power over that word that was used to demean and, it, you know, I think it's fair to say it. that it's on them to go ahead and take that word and, 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 and dilute its meaning. Right. Because I don't think white people should be doing that per se. No. Um, There will be a point in time, I guarantee it, when, well, assuming that progress continues, uh, that that word won't have its meaning anymore. It will still be historically, uh, you know, relevant, but. um, Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to hop into a time machine and see what, what, what impact that word has in 200 years. And that's the thing is like words, we made words so we can change words. We can change the meaning of words. We can change the definition of words. And right. I mean, everything that we see is a, is a shared, uh, conscious, not shared consciousness, what's it called? Inter, intersubjective reality yeah. uh, that we have where like we agree on these things that this like $1 bill is what can get you this many things. And, and, you know, this word means this and this, you know, yeah this law means this. And we all agree on that. They're all made up things. They're all made up concepts that we all agree on. And that's why our society works. The only way a word can really lose it, like the N word or something is when uh, we're a further homogenized society. And we're also a further uh, where there's no more virtually no inequality. Right. Like, like like net zero inequality. Right. Uh, And there's an understanding and an educational level that everybody has where they all understand that like racism is silly and it doesn't hold any meaning anymore. We're talking like at least a hundred years from now. Oh, for sure. Which is so sad. We're going to Mars, but we still can't solve our problems here. Uh, We need to terraform earth uh, first. Like Neil deGrasse Tyson says. Yeah. You know, words won't matter then we'll just we'll just speak in binary yeah um the third episode john armstrong relationships we i i did this topic because it's overdone relationships are are an overdone topic but everyone relates to it everyone's had a relationship or knows someone who's had a relationship yeah and what i learned from this episode was that the most important relationship a comedian can have is with the audience 
that was like a that that this episode to me was like groundbreaking. I, I feel like I I ascended to a different level of comedian listening to John talk about um, the you have to build trust when you're on stage. You have to. It's the same as dating a, a, a woman. Is you have to build trust. You have to like they have to know that you're going to take them and 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 get them home safely. Like yeah, and you got to quickly establish who you are, especially mm-hmm. in the first. The first 30 seconds is the most crucial of time because that that's the time you have to establish who you are and the, what you going what they're in store for for the next mm-hmm. however much time. Right. So, you have to have empathy, you have to I mean make sure your stories are relatable on some level. Uh the that's that's that wasn't something I thought about before this episode is that that that's the most important relationship right then and there when you're on stage it's with the audience. This is all what's tough for people that are ex- right wing extremists right now, or at least people that are, uh, you know, that culture of insensitivity that we have where everybody's like, who cares? Fuck your feelings. And it's like, wow, you have like literally no emotional intelligence at all. Yeah. You can't laugh at that. You can't laugh at that is brought to you by water cooler comedy. Now, for too long, we've been asking the question, should work be focused on work or fun? But Mark Twain once said that work and play are two words used to describe the same thing under different circumstances. So my point is that we're asking the wrong question. Instead of asking, should work be work or fun, the question should be, how can we make work fun? Whether it's a keynote speech, a half-day workshop, a 90-day consulting program, a customized corporate comedy experience for you and your team as you try to figure out how to reboard, how to get back to work after working virtually for a year. Why humor in the workplace? Well, studies have shown that humor builds resilience. It allows us to adapt to problems more quickly, more creatively, and more correct. It allows us to adapt to problems more quickly, more creatively, and more correct. I can't say collaboratively. It allows us to adapt to not being able to say collaboratively correctly. Because not only does laughter make us feel better, it makes us work better too. So why not make work the time and place to laugh? Check out watercoolercomedy.org. You can't laugh at that. All right. uh, That takes us to the Donald Trump episode with Blake Hammond. (laughs) (laughs) Segways, baby. Segways. That episode was... Very fun, um, Steve. Were you? Were you part? I don't think you were part of that one. I don't. No, I wasn't. Because I remember thinking, "Oh, I wish I could have." Because it was. Because uh, it was about Donald Trump, I guess. But I don't know. Was it was that? a fun conversation. Um, I don't. You know, I honestly, I thought you were on that episode. <laughs> I don't think I was. I co-hosted it, and then I forgot. No, I'm such a his. His jo- well, he had a joke. It wasn't about Donald Trump. It was that joke about uh, how half the people he worked with support Donald Trump and half the people support uh, are against Donald Trump. And his motorcade came through town, and those people went outside of the the his workplace, the restaurant, I think it was. And uh, the people who loved Donald Trump were cheering. And the people who didn't were booing. 
And, and then he realized it was a funeral procession. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then he and then he told the joke from the perspective of the people in the in like the limo in the funeral <laughs> procession. Like, mm-hmm. what would it look like? You're just driving by, and these people are cheering, <laughs> and these other people are booing it. Like, so it was a very uh, it was a very unaffiliated. Uh, a joke, essentially. Yeah. Um, I would just be relieved to be to have the break from grieving, to be confused about something else for a moment. Yeah, like what was that all about? Like those people protesting our funeral. <laughs> I'm on their side of the argument. I wish this person wasn't dead either. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but I love the support that we're getting. Um, <laughs> Those people. And what I learned is you can uh, joke about politics without being political, especially if you have a room that's divided. Uh, And I think that's a that's a really good point. People get too sensitive, even if you're not political and you bring it up, because all my jokes were at the expense of Trump. But the problem you notice, I'd never gone. Hey, guys, what's up with this president? He's the worst. Blah, blah, blah. No, I would just get to the damn joke and I would do like four or five of them. And they they were all get to the point, and they were all good. But the thing is, they just are still too. They do have. They are leaning left of the middle of. He's their Muhammad. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't joke about him, or else we're gonna. You just can't draw tiny hands. Yeah. <laughs> you can draw him though. Right. Make his <laughs> make sure his hands are to scale. You cross the line. Any episodes you guys want to talk about? We could talk about Mary's episode. That was a really good one. Yeah, it was. Um, what was that topic? Alcohol? Yeah, being, yeah an be, being an alcoholic. Yeah. Steve, what, were, what would have been some of your takes about being an alcoholic? I don't know. Because I think um, you're, you're still sober like I am, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't drink. I See, I never had a, an enormous problem with alcohol. I did with comedy because it was free. Whenever it was free, it was a problem. But uh, generally, I wasn't I wasn't too frequent of a drinker, and I didn't always get too drunk. But I had my moments. But it was still enough for me to just want to quit because I think it's just healthier not to drink. Because why rely on that? I and it, once it had positive results, it had a, that reinforcement that that I didn't need it. I I love that episode, but I was a little concerned about it after we had had recorded it, that we had not made it clear of the fact that like the fact that you don't drink anymore as an alcoholic doesn't mean your problems are all already like are just automatically solved. Like the, the path to going downward is linear, but the path back up is not in that, you know, just because you quit drinking is only the start of the battle of getting yourself to a place of happiness, or at least in my opinion, where I'm at is um, a place where your depression is manageable. And, uh, you know, I, I think that I don't know if we had hit on that point during that episode. I feel like it came across we didn't explicitly you said, said it. it. You said it specifically. Did I? Yeah, because you cause you didn't say it during the episode, but you sent me a clip and I edited it in. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Yeah. 
because it's so, a good point. You know, it's once you get that vice out of the way, what's next? You know, there's it's not that's not the end all be all. That's just like, oh, you know, that let's say you have a, a bathroom that the plumbing is wrecked and, you know, it hasn't been remodeled in forever. Like you got rid of the black mold. Cool. That's one thing. Now you have like now you can go into that room and not be right. inhale toxic fumes. Like you still have to fix the bathroom. Right. Yeah. That wasn't a good analogy, but you know what I mean? It wasn't too far of a stretch though. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's the, it's an inhibitor. We, you know, we did it, talk about things like what we, what we used that was an alcohol that was just as harmful to fill the void of alcohol. And for right. me, it's work and lack of sleep gives me that still euphoric feeling of being of alcohol without drinking. Mm-hmm. So there's still, even though you're not drinking, there's still ways to fill that void with harmful things other than, you know, the thing that everyone yells at you for. <laughs> right. So. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, yeah, you got to replace it with something better, uh, better for you. It's like, you know, I, I wrote a joke. It's a great premise, but the punchline stinks. You can't just take out the punchline and leave the setup, you know? Right. You need something better to replace it with. Yeah. Mary is somebody that gets, like, uses comedy to cope very quickly. Because when she was going through getting sober, she was joking about it. Like, even before she decided to get sober, she was joking about her alcoholism. Mm-hmm. and how it was stopping her. So it was like she had that self-awareness that when she finally made the decision, um, and this is a question that I that I would have loved to ask her, is like, was joking about it something that helped, that helped move you in that direction of getting sober? Another episode we haven't done is drug addiction. So that's another, or, and like heroin and like overdose. Damn, dude, we have so many fucking topics we need to hit. You can see, uh, you can see why alcoholism is a problem because I can still, I still think about it. I'm like, I would love to be drunk right now. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but also, it's not strong enough for me to be like, well, I'm gonna go get drunk. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it also just didn't feel good anymore. Where it I was gets, like, it gets less and less for me as time yeah. goes on. But there's still this moment. There's these moments where you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to buy a bottle of Jim Jim Beam or old crow or whatever it is in, rack. in a fucking eight ball. And I'm just, I'm going to burn uh, this motherfucker to the ground. Like this yeah. is what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed with this episode too, uh, she talked about like making a list, just writing down as many things you can think about, about something. So she mm. had the, the, the premise of what are all the things you can do when you're not hung over. And then she made a list and then wrote a joke about like, you can get McDonald's breakfast and go to the bank uh, before noon. And that's like, it's simple, but that it's one way to find the funny in a situation. Yeah. Just sit down and like, what's one thing I can do if I didn't do this? And then just make a list of as many as you can. Right. Do you ever like do write jokes in list form or, or like figure out what a punchline is by just writing, like making a list, following a premise? I do some. Uh, no, no. Generally, no. Same. Are you talking about like writing a premise and then writing out all the possibilities? Yeah. 
Oh uh, yeah, my it just doesn't. That's just not the flow chart for me. Yeah. Um, although I have done that, I generally don't. Yeah, same. Um, it's a good thing to do. I say it's a good idea. Yeah. But usually it's like working backwards. The joke is, for me, everything's short form, so it's not like I'm. I'm not trying to find the end. I'm trying to find the beginning to the. I find the end first, or that's a good thing. I don't technique. know, but. I work Mary's backwards so, a lot. Mary's That's so how good rappers at, work. They they sound clever because they wrote the ending rhyme first and then figured out how to start it. Get it. Mm. So then when you get to the ending, you're like, wow, how did he come up with that really cool? No, it's he worked backwards. Right. And that's that's a good way too to um to figure out how to achieve a goal is start from the goal and work backwards too. Yeah. Just like starting from the punchline and working back to the setup. How could I get there? What do yeah. I need to do to get to this to be the ending? Yeah, how do and it's easier to think how do I how would I get from there to where I am now? You have to do that with wordplay, <laughs> yeah, because you can't do it the other way. Yeah, I mean you can, but it'd be a coincidence, and you'd have to be like really smart to figure that. I don't know. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You'd be making something up out of raw materials versus having the funny part first and then having to build a joke around it to make it work. Yeah, have a payoff. Mary, Mary's very good at. Um, <laughs> writing comedy without making it feeling forced into being comedy where, you know, this is something we've talked about in the past where like, or the, the last episode we recorded, you guys were talking about how you can't force comedy or you can't force yourself into writing comedy if you're not inspired. And, uh, that, that was helpful to me. Cause I'm like, I kept, I keep kicking myself for not having written enough in the last, you know, couple of months when, you know, I, there really haven't, I really haven't been inspired to write anything. Yeah. So like, but what's the breaking point? Like you can't always go two months waiting on the comedy to come to you. So how do you break yourself out of that rhythm of, or, or where, how do you force yourself into finding inspiration? You just write. Don't write to make, to write jokes. Just write. Just write out your thoughts. That's a great way of just getting to where you want, getting to a place where you can write a joke about something. It's like you're simulating what I would do normally, which is go out and experience the world and uh, find a joke in, this, in some situation or something that comes across my mind based on stimuli that have inspired me. But uh, yeah, if you sit down and you create that environment artificially, you can do the same thing. Right. So you can yeah. create that creativity. Absolutely. By just even if you don't feel creative, even if it's the last thing you want to do, if you just sit down and write for five minutes, just what stream of consciousness, what it doesn't matter. There's no stakes. You know what I think is a good idea? Uh, one thing I've tried doing is w- when I was having trouble having writer's block a couple years ago or so here and there, I would go to the Lakewood library and go and look for books, fiction or nonfiction, mostly nonfiction and look up interesting topics, things that you know nothing about. Mm. Uh, And then go and read a bunch. And then all of a sudden you're in this other world and all these fresh ideas come to mind. And then, so you do a lot of reading and then, your brain's primed to do a lot of writing. And Actually, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. Those Just breaking, really even the simple act of breaking up a routine 
uh, yeah. can can inject that creativity. Yeah, right mix away. it up, mix it yeah. up, because that also creates more dopamine. I would assume. Mm-hmm. I, I would. I would. I would bet I'm not like a neuro, you know, neuroscientist, but I would assume that, you know, going out and changing up your environment, is going to introduce more dopamine or ser- whatever the chemical is. It is brain. dopamine. It is dopamine. Cause it's like the, the kick of the discovering something new. That yeah. feeling is dopamine. Right. And that yeah. I think helps. So if you can create an environment in your brain where there's dopamine, uh, coming in, that's a good. That's a good place to. I think that's I why people. That's why I think people like to smoke weed before they uh, write because they they think it helps them be creative, but it's really just your your happiness and your your dopamine rush that's kind of helping you your brain uh, think creatively. Because mm. I think the dopamine helps put your brain into a state of play and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you when you when you figure out when you get a joke. Like when your audience gets a joke and they laugh, that's dopamine. Yeah. So when you re- when you're able to find a way to release that um, by by just doing something simple to discover something new, um, and you're like you're creating that same state in your mind that's in their mind when they la- when they get your joke. Yeah. So you're like putting yourself on that level. So that like when you sit down and start writing from that place, you've connected with the audience, the, the future hypothetical audience when they are laughing at your joke. That's create, create yeah. a fertile environment for, for creativity. Right, right, right. So smoke and, weed and go to the library. I got it. <laughs> you guys, yeah, hey, that's it. Hey, that's you guys it. Got Two any, drugs. Hey, you guys got any advice where I don't look like a fucking nerd? <laughs> <laughs> Go to a place that you don't, yeah, get, break up your routine. That's the best thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's to anybody, man. If you're feeling in a, in a funk, take a, like, take a different way home. Listen to a new podcast. Like, yeah. just simple. Uh, watch a, a comedy special that you haven't watched before or like what, can listen to a comedian you haven't listened to before. And, and then think about like how what they're saying applies to your life. Um, I mean, there are any number of ways to do it. Everybody does it differently. I need to watch more stand-up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would get sick of it just from doing comedy because yeah. all these comics do it. In real I listen life. to stand up when I cook dinner. That's a good idea. That's how I figure out who I want to get on the podcast. You can't laugh at that. One more, Steve. Any uh, episodes stand out for you? I think we touched some of these, but Bruton and racism, and then being Christian with Zach Wyckoff. Ooh, that was a good. One. Ooh, that's yeah. a good segue from the Bible to back to Zach. Yeah, back to Zach attack. That was a fun episode. I was worried I was going to have to divide it into two episodes because we like just kept talking. It was like the mm-hmm. conversation just flowed. I complimented him a lot because of how much I hate Christian comics, but he has an edge to him and he's actually funny. Yeah. And I think all the Christian comedians should be like him or at least mm-hmm. people. I don't know. I forget exactly how he really presents himself, but I, I don't think he thinks that he's, he's a practicing Christian, but he's, also just a comedian mm-hmm. he doesn't just do like the church circuit per se or whatever you want to call it he's a comedian who just so happens to be christian which right. is what the he's so edgy he is like the louis ck of christian comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so edgy to con- like i wonder how edgy he sounds to churchgoers oh, oh I, he talked about it a little bit but he's just legitimately just regular funny and yeah. by regular funny i just mean like he's not He's not a regular comedian type edgy, although he is a little, I mean, he, but 
he's just very funny though. Yeah. Generally speaking. Yeah. He said, uh, the, the quote was, I always wanted to be a comedian who's Christian and not a Christian comedian. And there's a big difference. Yep. That's uh, good. That's a yeah. good uh, take. Right. Well, and, and his whole thing is you should ask questions. People who don't ask, like we were talking about earlier, yeah. you, you should ask questions. The, the questions make sense. I understand why you have questions and that's where he finds the comedy in the, in the questions about it. Yeah. In the in playing devil's advocate, yeah, <laughs> Satan's advocate, Satan's <laughs> ad- <Lucifer's> advocate, <laughs> the devil, the devil, <laughs> the devil. <laughs> Another thing that he said too was uh, he was talking about hacky Christian comedy. He said, "If God made everything, that means He made art. He made comedy. He made stuff for us to appreciate. So why wouldn't we want to make stuff that is also good?" That's why I so badly wanted to be on that episode because I, I, I think that if we're created in God's image, then God must really hate himself too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so much of that. I love that episode because there's so much of it. I mean, being raised in a very like Christian family, it, it seemed to me like he was raised in a very similar Christian family that I was where it was like, um, you know, this like uh, Southern Baptist charismatic Christian where some of them speak in tongues and stuff like that. And uh, so there's so much of that episode I loved because I related so so much to it. Now I am the other side of that coin, where I am like I'm I'm no longer Christian, who was raised to be Christian. So there's like there were similarities between the way he grew up and I grew up, and it just I've loved his take of him still being a believer. Dwayne Duke, his episode about strip clubs. We kind of already talked about it, but. Um, he he said something that that's really struck me, um, or we talked about something that really struck me is saying the same thing over and over again using different words. Mm. That's those are all punchlines. Like, so yeah, I I thought that was really interesting, and that's helped me write jokes. It's like I can't figure out a punchline. Oh, just say the obvious thing in a different way. And now you have a punchline. Yeah. It's, it's that's like a, a comedy hack. Without being hacky. <laughs> yep. It's true uh, though. I mean, it's such a good, great way to get the most out of any joke you're writing is to say the same thing or the same idea in different ways each time. It's, it's, it's such a brilliant take on how to write. Uh, the first episode we did in the quarantine was about our biggest bombs. Oh yeah. And, and getting comfortable with that. That was Steve's uh, first episode in bed. (laughs) (laughs) I fit up buzz ball. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. (laughs) Guys, we were retweeted by Mark Marin in episode 11, episode 12. I wish I wish we would have done his episode um, much later on. Oh right, yeah. Who knew? Man. Who knew that uh, that special was going to be so fortuitous? You know what? It doesn't really get a whole lot of. Remember, uh, Bill Burr. Hold, hold on, fortuitous. Oh yeah, you're right. Hold on. <laughs> pause for okay, pause for pause for editing. <laughs> hold on. Let's get some room tone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
We went a couple weeks in April and May without doing new episodes because my ass got COVID. Oh, yeah, that's right. And and we did a live special. Do you guys remember our live special? Get COVID out of your system. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was that was fun. It was a rotating cast of characters. And it's funny because I initially booked 25 comics and we ended up with 19 comics finding 19 things that are funny about COVID-19. So it worked. Mm, yes, it works. See, sometimes when things don't go as planned, it works out in your favor. Does anybody remember that Bill Burr bit about him saying that there needs to be a plague? Yeah. No one's talked about that. Uh, Yeah, I I actually... I mean, like a real plague, though. (laughs) I want there to be a plague that actually just gets rid of the people that don't want to wear masks. Because imagine how nice that would be for us. I mean, obviously, I don't want anybody to die, but if it has to be somebody, it's going to have to be the people that deserve it the most. Right. Um, so you purge those. The, that's how you purge the voter rolls. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just the idea, too, that, like, we need a plague. We, need, we needed something to unite people, and it didn't work. <laughs> right. <laughs> we were that's already true. divided. Were that was the that- problem. David, you were saying that in the beginning of the pandemic, like, this is going to bring us all together. And I was like, I don't know, man. Oh, it's really these masks. <laughs> I was like, well, no, this is love- the alien thing. That's this is why I love thing. you so much. You're so optimistic, and you believe Ugh. so much in so many people. And you're like, this is going to be the thing that's going to bring us all closer together. Kumbaya. <laughs> 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 Lord. Now you should just roll footage of January 6th over Steve singing Kumbaya. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> murder with AJ DeCosimo. Oh, yeah. That's when you shared your uh, your cousin's story for the first yeah. time. Yeah. That's an intense story. Yeah, man. It's okay to come up with an awful joke and not perform it right away if you're not ready. Take some time, hone your craft, and try rewriting it as you build your skill set. Yes. I don't throw things away. Right. Right. And that that's something that we brought up since that episode. Like, if you're not ready to tell the joke, just put it away until you are. Right. And that's a concept that we brought up uh, many times since then. Tim Cornette, okay. uh, whether you're at Ford's Theater or on the grassy knoll, make sure that you rate and share this podcast with your friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Antonio Aguilar, loneliness. We find humor in the fact that we overthink so much to avoid loneliness, but overthinking as a comic when the audience doesn't laugh can make you feel lonely in a room full of people. Ooh. Deep. Ay, 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 ay. Deep. <laughs> My head. Dick pics. Uh, let's see. Dick's pic- Dick pics can be lonely. Yep. Especially when you're sending them to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Next, Matt Levy. Um, (laughs) Cancer, hilarious. Moving on. Moving on. Remember, no matter how many times you've told a joke, tell it with the excitement that you had when you told it the first time. Because it's the audience's first time hearing it. We've had some really great guests. (laughs) I'm just impressed that we have a great and who you know whoever picked out the thumbnails did a really good job getting all their their best photos on there. It really sells it. I like it. 
Yeah, it makes it look official, right? It's very yeah. We had a lot of great comedians on. It's it's weird seeing them out of their element. So you don't really see it when we're face to face. But it's like when you see all these pictures of them doing comedy, it's like oh yeah, no, we're all legitimate comedians. It's yeah, oh, cool. they do they do the sport. Yeah. Um, not only is it Paige Pelesnak, not only is it okay to be vulnerable, it's therapeutic and it creates connections with people in the audience who are afraid of vulnerability. Right. That's why people could come up to you and be like, I saw myself in that bit. Like they're, they're so excited that somebody went through something similar and has the balls to talk about it. Uh, Ricky Glore coming out as anything other than gay. There's nothing new under the sun. As the bare naked ladies once said, it's all been done. Just give it your unique perspective and you can add an original take to make any hack topic seem fresh. Boom. Roasted. Uh, Travis Irvine. Stick to comedy. We all want the same things. We all just have different ideas for how to get it. Don't perform for the audience you wish you had. Connect with the one that you do. It's beautiful. Yes. Jasmine. Getting an STD. Uh, Her only advice is wear rubber. Yeah, yeah. Get wear a condom <laughs> next. <laughs> uh, we don't need another Kevin Hart or Jerry Seinfeld. We need you. Don't imitate what you saw or you think is funny. Just be you. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Yeah, Jacob Barr. Be really mean to your audience. <laughs> I love Jacob Barr. Yeah. If you're looking for a source of funny material, think about the weird, inauthentic things you did when you started worrying about fitting in. Ooh, that's good. So thinking back to your childhood, I'm like, what are the awkward things that you did in order to be not awkward? (laughs) Gabe Kia, getting arrested. You want to close it out there? Yeah. Well, we've done it. We've reached episode 50, and... For that, we thank you, the listener, you, the viewer, you, the patron, you, the comedian, you, the special guest, and you, Jeremy and Steve, Mm. because together we have learned that no matter how offensive, taboo, touchy, hack, mundane, or blue it may be, let's all say it at the same time, you can laugh laugh at that. Special thanks to Gold Knox Studio. You can find Gold Knox Studio for all your podcasting needs at goldenoxstudio.com. Hit up Jeremy. He is fantastic to work with, professional. Uh, He makes podcasting easy. And uh, if if you've been kicking the tires on starting your own podcast, definitely give Gold Knox Studio a look. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.